This message was presented at the GYC conference by many or by few in Louisville, Kentucky. For other resources like this, visit us online at gycweb.org. Prayer and faith will do what no power on earth can accomplish. This is the inspired counsel that we've been given. And as GYC, we have made a decision to follow that counsel this last year. In August 2019, almost 50 young and old missionaries from around the world, from every continent, came together in Iceland for a prayer mission. The goal was to reach the country of Iceland within 10 days just through the power of prayer. No public evangelistic meetings, no health seminars, no programs, just prayer. A prayer that echoed the prayer of John Knox, give me Iceland or I die. The video you just saw was the introduction of a documentary that we'll be releasing soon. I want to encourage you to make sure that you get a glimpse of what happened there. But this morning, we want to share with you about this mission and what made this mission special and what the power of prayer can do for you in your sphere of influence. When we were in Iceland, we chose to prayer walk the country. Most of the population of Iceland lives in the capital region of Reykjavik, where 75% of the people live. And we focused our attention on that region where we would prayer walk around the city, prayer walk the streets, pray for every home and every person that we see, knock on doors and pray with people. You're going to be hearing testimonies this morning about what prayer can do when we let God take control. When we prayed, we would collect prayer requests of people. We would share them live with all the missionaries and with thousands around the world who were interceding at the same time. This was truly a collective effort of prayer. This and more we want to share with you this morning. And I have my three friends here, uh, Eric, Alex, and Jem, who are part of the GYC missions team um, and who were with us in Iceland. So Eric, why can't you share with us a little bit about how this mission came about and what were some of the challenges that we faced? Yes, you know, as we came to this mission trip, we, we asked ourselves the question, how, what, what could we do that would be bigger than we thought we could accomplish. Because as, as we all know, you know, Jesus told the disciples, he said, if you have faith the size of a what? A mustard seed, you could move mountains. And we said, so we said, God, if we wanted to do something bigger than we could ever imagine, what would that look like? And so in our discussion, the theme for last year was to the end. And so we said, well, what if we went to the end of the world and we decided to reach not a town, not a city, but an entire country for God, to reach the majority or all of the population of an entire country, to go beyond where we have ever gone before, to take the sacrificial initiative that we were inspired to take here at GYC and to be propelled into Iceland to make a difference. And so that's what we set out to do. We set out to go not to run evangelistic campaigns, not to go witnessing in traditional ways, but to just go and pray, to have that faith and to see what God would do, to see Him move the mountains that we couldn't even begin to shift. And indeed, He did. We got there. Yes, there were challenges throughout. One of the challenges, we arrived um, the first day and we realized that the campus that we were staying on did not have enough housing. The, there were not enough rooms for everyone that had signed up. Somehow there'd been a miscommunication of some kind. And so here we are, and we're short on rooms. 
What are we going to do, right? And so we're there, and, and we ended up chatting uh, with some of the people there. And as it turned out, two, three days before, there was supposed to be a men's group that was staying there in the second dormitory. And for some reason or another, they had just neglected to show up. They hadn't communicated why. It was just a total mystery. And so they opened up the second dorm for us to be able to stay in. And as far as we were concerned, like God caused another group to vanish just so that he could open kind of the, this ocean for us to be able to walk through and do what he had called us to do in Iceland. So Eric, tell me a little bit about, you, you remember we had phone calls and discussions about this mission. We weren't sure how would we do this, what would we be doing, uh, the challenges we went through in the preparation time. Tell me about that. Yeah, so, I mean, honestly, to, to pull off reaching an entire country is no joke. I mean, it takes a lot of logistics. It takes just an incredible amount of planning to be able to map out every street in the entire city. Some of these things didn't get done ahead of time. And so we found ourselves falling to our knees when we were there, saying, God, help us, because we, we don't have everything together that we had hoped we'd have together. And praise the Lord, he provided the help we needed uh, with the participants that came. He provided the help that we needed in uh, the, our hosts that were there working with the Icelandic conference. And things worked out one way or another. I mean, we, we had vehicles breaking down. And, and even when that happened, another vehicle would be found that we could use. And so whatever came up, God worked things out. There was definitely a struggle between the tangible and the intangible. We wanted to do something for God, and usually we, we have the different ways that we do that by sharing literature and on and so on. But we decided we wanted to focus on prayer, and that can put a lot of stress on you when you're saying, okay, we're just going to show up and pray, and we're going to leave the results with God. You know, there are things you can do in evangelistic efforts where uh, there will be results. You have the results guaranteed. But we decided, let's just make a step of faith here and see what God will do. So why did we choose prayer? Jem, share with us what prayer can do and why prayer was so important on this mission. Zechariah 4 verse 6 says, Not by might nor by power, but only by His Spirit. And why prayer? Because we have seen that prayer works. For the past GYCs, we have seen that it's only when we plead before God that He could do great and mighty things. So evidences after evidences of the Lord's faithfulness, of the Lord's power, the question is, why not prayer? And that was the question, why have we not tapped into prayer from the very beginning? And you see, from the very, from the very start, God was faithful. And this, this might sound funny, but I've seen the Lord's faithfulness in this while we were shopping. And you were, you were making fun. Oh, Jem, there'll be no rice here in Iceland. And their brother Alex picked up a bag of rice. And then he said, yes, the Lord answers prayer. And then that is an indication alone that the Lord sees the little things that we desire, and I'm thinking, Lord, even if you provided with this rice, how much more are the things that we ask for greater things in Iceland? So when it comes to prayer in the context of secular Europe, um, it is quite something. Uh, we have two Europeans here on stage, Alex and myself. And for those of you who are uh, based here in North America, you have to understand, in Europe, you cannot just come up to people and say, you know, believe in God or God exists. In Europe, secularism is very, very strong. Uh, science is the God of Europe. Facts and, and things that you can see and touch and measure, that's what people look at. And if you are religious beyond tradition, if you believe in the Bible, you are an absolutely crazy person. But this is exactly what people in Iceland need. They need God. People in Europe need to know that there is a God. We cannot come and present them just with the logic of our beliefs. While those are wonderful and we need to present them, the first thing that people there need to know is that there is a God. So how can people 
know that there's a God through prayer, Jem. Only the Holy Spirit could move hearts. And this is one thing. Most of the time we bring, we bring God in, in our own way, in our own manner. Mm-hmm. And uh, we forget that the only one that could move hearts is the Holy Spirit. That's so right. I believe that when we, when we bend our knees, mm-hmm. God works. And as the saying goes, when we work, we work. But when we pray, God works. Amen. You know, when you are praying with people, we would go to the doors, knock on the door, and say, Hello, I'm from Glow Iceland, and that was the name of the mission trip, and we are here to pray with people. Is there something we can pray for? We believe that God does hear our prayers. And it was amazing to see the, the reaction of people. You have to understand, we are now dealing with generations who have never heard the gospel, who have never been to a church. In fact, there was one young man, a teenager I met, I met on the streets, and I, I asked him, you know, is there something I can pray for? And he asked me, what is prayer? He had never heard of the thing. And so I shared with him, and he said, yes, I'm a very depressed person. I, I, I'm depressed and I struggle. And, you know, you can pray for that, whatever that means. And so we pray together. Another time, I was knocking at a door, and a 20-year-old young man opened, and I thought, oh, no, he's going to just throw the door in my face. And I shared with him, and he said, well, you know, I guess my teeth are hurting because I had my wisdom teeth removed. And I said, well, let's pray about it. You know, the point was not so much to just pray for these prayer requests. Definitely, that was important. But we have to understand that when we pray, there is a spiritual warfare going on. And when we pray, God has the opportunity, when these people agree to pray, to speak to their hearts in that very moment, maybe for the very first time. I prayed with this young man for his wisdom teeth. When we were done, I opened my eyes and he looked at me. He was so moved because the Holy Spirit had touched his heart. He had never experienced anything like this before. And in that moment, he for me, maybe for the first time, was realizing that there might be a God and that God hears our prayers. So prayer is a wonderful way to present people with the idea that there is a God and that He can answer our greatest needs. But when it comes to prayer, we are engaging in a spiritual warfare. So Alex, why don't you share with us a little bit about what that means and what that looks like? So for the sake of brevity, um, spiritual warfare, one of the verses that we use is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, verses 4. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal right? But they're mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. And what that basically says is that what we're talking about, and and unfortunately what we're neglecting is the fact that, number one, it's war. We're not engaged in war. We don't live as if we are engaged in war. And we don't conduct ourselves in a manner that is representative of what you would do in an actual war, physically. The other thing is that it's spiritual, right? It's not carnal. So what does that mean? Is that the war is over the mind, it's over the heart. It's over the thoughts, over truth, and over the affections of the heart. Where are our affections, right? And the last thing is that it's over strongholds. If we want to conquer strongholds, there has to be another way. And so this is the way that I basically break it down. If you're in a war, and I'm going to give you kind of a medieval kind of scene. If you're in a war and you're fighting against a stronghold, and you have soldiers who are swordsmen, close-range fighters, do you send your swordsmen against the stronghold? Hopefully not. Would you send your swordsmen against enemy swordsmen? I also hope, hopefully not, initially. What do you do first? You bring in the archers. Archers, they begin to spray fire, right? They begin to shoot arrows. They thin the lines of the enemy. 
And then you take in your close-range warfare, your spearmen, your swordsmen, and whatnot. Would you take archers against the stronghold? No. So what do you need? You need siege weapons. But before a single siege weapon can reach that gate, you need long-distance siege weapons. So what do you bring? A trebuchet. What is a trebuchet? It's the granddaddy of all catapults. Search it. It's awesome. But here's the spiritual implication of that. Swordsmen are what we generally use. Evangelism, close quarters combat. Right? We do personal evangelism. We do health evangelism. We do Bible studies. We do all of these talks. And that is swordsmen. The problem is we're training only swordsmen. If you want to win a fight, you need to have all units. Your, your archers are your prayer warriors. The people that begin to pray to thin out the lines, to create the opportunities for the swordsmen to actually have a way in. And what are your trebuchets? Before you send anything else, your trebuchets are not highly mobile. They're built with a team of people that constantly hammer at one single point in the wall. They don't pepper. Lord, help us with that, help us with this, help us with whatever. They choose one thing to focus because if you don't focus the stones on that one section of wall, that one section of wall will never crumble. And so there are people that are committed to pray continuously till a breach is made and then the other units can invade. Now the reason that I bring this up is because we don't have trebuchets. We have a few archers. We're trying to fight a war, and I'll be honest with you, if we're not fighting with archers, if we're not fighting with trebuchets, if we're bringing only swordsmen and we're doing the best that we can to, let's, let's train the best swordsmen we can. At the end of the day, what we're doing is we're fighting carnally. Why? Because we're not asking God to send the fire before us. Do you understand? It's, 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 we need all units present. And uh, one of the last things is, I know to, to many of us, this spiritual warfare is not real. It, we don't see it. Where's the conflict? And so this is, this is a kind of a quote from, I believe it was from a samurai. I'm no samurai, but I, I really liked it. And, and, and it basically, one of, his one of his students basically said, Master, it's a time of peace. Uh, there's no war going on, and you like peace. Why do you continuously train your hand for war? And he responded with, well... I would rather be a warrior in the middle of a garden than a gardener in the middle of a war. We need people who are training their hands for war. And we need people who are learning to not just be swordsmen, but to be archers and to be siege warfare trained people. What we are looking for is to become an army of prayer warrior missionaries. We need to understand the power of prayer when it comes to evangelism and missions in general and in our own sphere of influence and when we do large things. And what God taught us in Iceland was that he, he, he wants to bring us to the point where we don't know what we're doing so that we fully surrender to Him. God wants to do wonderful things and He has done and He will do more. And so God has led GYC over the past couple of years into an understanding of the importance of prayer. How many of you have been part of the prayer room this morning? You know what it feels like to be in the presence of God. The power that you feel in united prayer. This kind of thing is what God has led us over the last five years especially to focus on with GYC. And I believe God is propelling us into a direction where everything is done under constant and specific prayer. 
But what we need also to understand is the importance of surrender. Eric, can you share with us what made surrender so important in Iceland and what is, in general, is uh, important about surrender? Yeah, you know, really, the important thing about surrender is that it's going all in with God. It's saying, God, there is nothing left that I'm not giving to you, 100%. And when you go out with that mindset, it makes a big difference. I'll share just three statements uh, from inspiration. The first one is from Youth Instructor, May 27, 1897, very short. It says, self-surrender is the substance of the teachings of Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but do you think that sounds important, yes or no? The substance of the teaching of Christ is self-surrender. Later on in 1889, we, we come across a statement that says in uh, ST July 26, 1889, Christianity means entire surrender to the will of God. Then it can be said of us, ye are complete in Him. Christianity is surrender. So not only is it the substance of Christ's teaching, but it is surrender. Is this important, yes or no? And finally, in Review and Herald, July 25, 1889, Sanctification is the measure of our completeness. The moment we surrender ourselves to God, believing in Him, we have His righteousness. And so really, more than anything else, surrender is saying, God, I'm 100% sold out to you. Nothing am I, am I hanging on to. I, I'll give everything to you. I'll, I'll leave everything behind. It's that radical all-in for God, abiding in Him, saying, God, I'm going to do whatever it takes. Go wherever you want me to go. And you know, sometimes God's pretty cool about this. He often sends us where we would have wanted to go anyway. And, and He does things that we didn't know that we ourselves wanted. Case example, we're, we're out in Iceland where it's the first Sabbath afternoon. We're, we're walking around praying around one of the major cities. And as we're walking around, I'm in a team with, uh, I think it was Alex, maybe Jim was there as well, I forget. But We're walking around and we're praying for schools and we're saying, God, what could you do in the school 10 years from now if, if you worked on the teachers' hearts and they began to bring principles of, of Scripture and, and of a knowledge of you? This could change an entire generation. And we're praying for the churches. And, and finally we prayed and we said, God, don't just transform the Adventist church in Iceland. We pray that you would transform every church. Bring people into the church who haven't been back in years. And the next day is Sunday, the day after that. Uh, Elisa comes up to us. She, she was helping out there, one of the locals. She, she's a local uh, Icelandic Adventist. Yes, she works with uh, GYC Europe as well. And she plays piano at a Lutheran church on Sunday. And she comes to us and she says, Eric, Jonathan, you'll never believe it. I usually play piano at this church. And, and on Sundays there are 20 people in the choir and about five in the pew. Don't ask me how that works. It sounds a little bit backwards. But praise the Lord, they're in the choir, right? And she says, usually that's the case. This, this Sunday, there were 20 people in the choir and five times that in the pew, 25 people, just all of a sudden in this tiny little church, just blowing up all of a sudden. One day after we prayed, God revived this country. I don't know about you, but that tells me that God is listening to our prayers. It's powerful to see what happens when we let the Holy Spirit guide us and when we let go of trying to control every step of the way. When we let Him step by step lead us, even when we don't know where it's going to go. When it comes to surrender, when it comes to spiritual warfare, when it comes to prayer, it is so important that we learn to trust. In the beginning, I read a quote to you that said, Prayer and faith will do what no power on earth can accomplish. The faith part, trusting in the Holy Spirit's guidance. We need to take God's word seriously when he says in Romans 8 that all things work together for good for those who love him. Do you love him? Amen. 
He tells us in Proverbs 3 that we need to trust Him with all of our heart and He will direct our paths. When we do that, He can use us in special ways, create divine appointments that we could have never made possible. When we walked through Iceland, we were learn, we were, God was teaching us that it is important that we need to accept when He uh, interrupts our agenda. One thing that happened was that we didn't plan for this, that he, uh, the local church asked us, the Adventist church, can you help us with some renovations with the local school? This was definitely not in our plans. And I was very resistant at first, but God said, no, do this. And so we did it. And it was a huge blessing to the local Adventists. They felt so supported. And so they, felt they, they also supported us in return. And also God was able to bless the school because we started interceding at that school and later on, we have, because they were struggling with enrollment, we've heard that some of the people that we have actually prayed with, that we met on the streets, came to that school and enrolled their children there. Amen. And so God interrupted our agenda another time. Ed Sheeran, hopefully none of you know him, but some of you might, one of the most successful popular Christian, uh, not Christian, uh, pop artists in the world, came to Iceland and did a concert. One-fifth of the country showed up exactly at the same time when we were there. And we didn't notice, so we said, hey, we should go and pray around the stadium. And we walked, like the people of Israel, some of us, seven times around that stadium, praying that God will reach the hearts of the people. Yeah. You might think that's crazy, but we felt the Holy Spirit's guidance in this. There's many other stories. We walked up to the president's home, and we prayed for the, the president of the country. And there's many other things, and I would like to share more, but we, we're running out of time. But what I want to do now is to invite some of the missionaries that came on this mission to come here on the platform and share some of their testimonies. So I'm going to ask them to come out right now, and we will hear some powerful testimonies of what happens when we pray. As I told you in the beginning, we were 46 missionaries from six continents. You see about 14 to 15 of them here right now. And they have made it here. Some of them were, you know, from Africa, from Australia. So they, not all of them could be here, but they're here in spirit and they're praying for us uh, right now. But I, wanna, I want some of the missionaries here to share with us what happened before the mission, during the mission, and how this mission of prayer impacted them personally. And I pray that this will be inspiration for you as well to engage in prayer in a different way. I want to start with Victoria. Victoria, you are from West Virginia, is that right? Virginia. Virginia. All right, close enough. Um, and share with me a little bit about what happened during the mission for you. Uh, you know, what led you to this mission and what is one powerful experience that you had? Well, what led me to this mission was last year's announcement about going to Iceland. And first it was like, ooh, cool, Iceland. And then it, it just seemed like a great opportunity. While I was there, I... The, the thing that stood out most in my mind is that prayer is a full-time ministry. It is something that you can go out into the world and pray, and that's what God needs, or God wants for us to do. Um, you can be a missionary just by having the presence of prayer in a place. Mm -hmm. And so that was very important to me. So tell me about one of the experiences you had when you were prayer walking. Uh, as you were prayer walking, you were looking for different uh, satanic strongholds, places of darkness that need that trebuchet that Alex was talking about, that need special intercession for God to break down these spiritual uh, barriers. So sh share about one of those experiences with us. So we were walking um, the city of Reykjavik, and we passed by a garden just outside of the Reykjavik Cathedral, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce how to say that. Um, and 
We walked into this garden, and immediately I could see, especially on Jem's face, he felt this darkness. And we continued to walk, we continued to look around, and there were many uh, satanic symbols just around the garden. And so we were there, we studied them, Alex shared some information, and then we prayed over the place. And we prayed while we were inside, we prayed while we were outside, and we continued to pray for it after we left. So spiritual warfare became very real in that moment to you in your experience. Um, Esther, you came also on this mission. You're from Singapore, is that right? Uh, Yes, I grew up in Singapore. You grew up in Singapore. You're you're studying right now in the United States. Yes, I am. Now, Esther, share with me uh, about uh, why you came on this mission and how this impacted you. So um, I came on this mission because someone recommended me to come on it. And I was thinking, oh, it it might be a cool opportunity. But actually, even on the taxi ride to the airport, I was thinking, this is ridiculous. I don't want to go. This is, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then I went and um, really just wanted, I prayed for a spiritual revival. Because, you know, sometimes when people work in ministry or or for so long, you get kind of tired or you get burned out. So I was asking for the spiritual revival revival and actually God gave that to me during this trip and I learned about the privilege of prayer mm-hmm. yeah praise God now we have to understand we spend every morning together here like here in the prayer room in united prayer every morning and evening we came together to seek the Lord to ask him to show us how to interact with these people that speak a different language these people who don't even realize that there is a God and so God brought revival to our own lives. He, he healed broken hearts and he bonded us together. I believe we, we saw a glimpse of what the book of Acts talked about. Um, and all of us, we could feel that this unity was so beautiful and it gave us confidence that God was with us. Now, uh, Sarah, you were also on this mission and I remember you were part of my car going around the city and, and sharing the glow tracks and praying with people. And share with me an experience that you had on this mission. Uh, so one evening, well, most evenings, we always tried to um, finish the territories. We didn't want to leave without every house in that territory being done. So I remember one time it was time to go back, but we only had like two apartments left. And we're like, we can't go back. We're not done. And so we were finishing um, one area, and I were finishing it. And we came across a gentleman. He's probably in his 80s. Um, and we started talking to him, and what caught his eye was the prayer glow track. And um, he was like, oh, what's this? And so we started explaining it to him, and he didn't know that it's okay to pray. You know, he th- thought you had to go to church or something for that. And um, another time we knocked on a lady's door, and we asked her what she wanted us to pray um, about. And she's like, well, I just, just lost my uncle, and I have no hope of ever seeing him again. She was probably in her 40s. She never heard the word heaven before. You know, and that made a big impact on my life. You know, not everybody, you know, in the world, maybe not everybody in your community or maybe even your next door neighbor has ever heard the word Jesus before or heaven. We think because we have Bibles everywhere, everybody knows, but they don't. So we need to make sure that wherever we are, that we're always sharing um, God's love with them. Amen. God has given us divine appointments on this mission, leading us to people who need it in that very moment to hear about hope and that there is a God and that there is a way out of this darkness in this world. We don't usually go to first world countries, but there are people hungering and thirsting for something more. And when we pray and we tell them that we are praying for them, when, when they see those prayers answered, isn't that the most convincing argument for a God? 
So let's have faith as we go around the world, as we share with people around us about prayer. Now, Marcellini, you came also on this mission. And why did you come on this mission? Share about that. Um, yeah, so at first, my experience was different than Esther and Victoria's because I wasn't planning on going to Iceland. I saw the, the, the trailer and I was like, I don't even know where Iceland is. I would be going alone, you know? And so I just had no intention of going. And um, my church and some sponsors supported me and encouraged me to go. And um, I was definitely inspired to go even though it was definitely out of my comfort zone but i felt god using me in that situation to get me out praise god when we ask god to get us out of our comfort zone he will do that and he will give us amazing experiences when we let go of our personal agendas and say lord just lead me to a person to witness to and you have the chance today to do that in our outreach just after this now as we went on this mission these divine appointments it was wonderful to see that we had the chance to to meet people who were saying you know, you came just at the right moment. Uh, one lady, I knocked on the door and she said, God must have sent you to me because I needed this right now. The people were crying. People hugged us. And this is in secular Europe, the place we think where you can't do anything like this. God proved us wrong. It was nothing we did, but it was what the Holy Spirit could do when we intercede for people in darkness. This prayer mission changed our lives forever. And I believe it can do the same for you as well. What are some things? This was just in August. So this is just a few months old, fresh out of the oven. What are some things that have happened in your life? How have you changed uh, the way you do life and ministry uh, here in this world? I think, uh, um, Esther, you wanted to share a little bit about your college experience. Uh, yes. So um, uh, in my college, it's very secular. It's very liberal, extremely liberal. So it's very hard to reach out to the students. And we have an Adventist group there. And so here's a little story. I won't make it too long. But um, so before the Iceland trip, we were planning to have a gospel uh, concert at the school and we were trying to collaborate with the other Christian groups there and um, we actually didn't plan out anything and it was only two weeks I think about two weeks after the mission trip so we came back and then I was talking to um, our uh, members and we were saying well we don't know what to do and I was talking to the Christian uh, the non-Adventist Christians and we were like I told them maybe we should pray together because during this mission trip we learned how to do united prayer so we, we were saying we should do United Prayer together, and then we did that every Sunday. And uh, the gospel concert was really great, and I could talk about that uh, sometime later. But um, after our last prayer session, after the gospel concert ended, um, the non-Adventist Christians were telling us, well, this, is, this United Prayer thing is so great. We should continue doing it afterwards. So... Uh, we did not end up praying just for the concert, but we also prayed for the entire campus, all the world leaders, politics, and we gather every Sunday at a room and we pray together. Praise God. Praise God. You know, we at GVC, we believe in public campus ministry. Amen? The world comes into the universities, and we can reach these people with the power of prayer. And so we are excited to see what God will do. We have another testimony in that regard from Marcelini. Share with us what happened when you went back to your campus. Yes, so there was a lot of um, different testimonies that I had. I did want to share one from when I went into the mission trip, which kind of inspired um, what happened after. So um, I... We went with groups from the Iceland, our Iceland team, but the first time we went out, we went with the church, the local church, and one of the ladies I went with, I was kind of nervous because um, 
I didn't know Icelandic, you know, and then I was praying, like, I know two words in Icelandic, and it's like, thank you, and how to use the restroom, or find the restroom, and I'm like, I can't really get by with that. So luckily, she was able to speak mostly English, and then she was very energetic, um, very, she would go running to all the doors, and I'm kind of an introvert, and my roommate knows that, very, very quiet, and so she went to all the doors, and then she started praying with everybody, And we prayed with, I think, every door we had a prayer, which was such a blessing. And some people were painting the house, and then they asked prayer for money, family, career. And then um, another lady uh, just lost her job, and she's trying to find a job. So it was definitely something um, that we wanted to pray for. And then afterwards, what was the most meaningful for me was that um, when we were walking back, we were ending our um, time there. Uh, this woman who was my partner from Iceland, she opened up to me about her her childhood and what she went through. And she opened up about how her husband left her. He's in a different country. She has to take care of her um, children here. And what I learned from that is oftentimes when we're, the people we think we should be reaching are actually right in front of us. Mm. And I was like, that was the most, um, so we prayed together. And after the prayer, we were just all emotional. And it was just a huge blessing. Mm. Yeah, when we pray together, when we unite, the Holy Spirit bonds us into this true fellowship experience that we read about in the book of Acts. Now, you went back to your college uh, as well. You, you were part of a campus ministry there? Yes, so uh, the campus ministries group that I help out with is called Events of Students for Christ, or ASC, and it's similar to what Esther mentioned. And before the school year starts, there's um, organizational booths, and we were able to actually kind of do the same thing, have glow tracks, just have a booth of glow tracks, and when the students came, we would um, pray with the students, and, and it was a blessing because compared to last semester to this semester, the Lord really multiplied, mm. and there was a lot more people who came, and that was just a, a huge blessing. So we're just the beginning of what God is trying to show us. I believe God has led GYC, as I mentioned earlier, into more of a focus on prayer and seeing what God can do when we trust Him fully. And so this prayer mission has inspired us. It has changed us. It has to change the way we think about prayer more than just something we do in the beginning and the end of a program or before the meals. It really has radically revolutionized the way we look at the world, understanding that we are in a great controversy, understanding that we can, with the power of faith and prayer, break down strongholds of Satan in this world. Amen? Now, one other testimony that is very powerful. Eric, you want to share with us as well. Uh, something uh, you got a phone call when we were in Iceland and just sh- sh- share with us about this yeah so you know sometimes you, you go into things and we, we plan for this mission trip and, and things go well and things don't go well well one of the real challenges for me in, in my personal life is I got married two years ago and I got married to someone else you've seen on stage once in a while Esther uh, Esther Lowe is my wife's name and for some time leading up to this she had been going into worse and worse health. Uh, right after we got married, she, she got really sick and she had to have a gallbladder out and we were just like, why is her body just like not doing so well? Uh, and it got to the point where it was worse and worse where she was some days having to go in on crutches because different muscle groups were locking up. Then she had like heart issues and we were just like, what in the world is going up? We, we went to doctor after doctor after doctor. And finally, once we had it basically exhausted every single option around Andrews University where I've been studying, we said, well, you know what? 
the only option we have left is to go to Mayo Clinic. And so last Thanksgiving, uh, 2018, we went to Mayo Clinic and we saw half a dozen, dozen specialists and nothing. And so now we're planning for this Iceland mission trip and, and I've got this going on in my life and I'm worrying and, and we're praying and, and we don't know what's going on with her. Some days she's totally fine and other days like everything's going insane and she can hardly get out of bed and move. And, and finally it gets to the point where we're on the mission trip and I'm praying that she's going to be okay. You know, sometimes she has some good weeks, some, sometimes she doesn't. And so I'm just praying that things go well. And one morning we come to the prayer, to the prayer group and I get a text and she texted and she said to me, I think we're going to need to get a wheelchair. Because it had just gotten to the point where just some days she could not move certain, certain limbs. And it was just, it would last sometimes up to a week. And we just didn't know what was going on. And so here we are, we're praying like, God, like, what do we do? Do we, do we, you know, like once you go to a wheelchair, how do you go back from that, right? It just gets worse and worse sometimes, it seems. And so we prayed there and I just, I didn't know what to do. I was just floored. I, I, I focus on the mission trip. I try to be supportive, but here I am. I'm stuck in Iceland, right? And so we're going through, and I've got these two things in my mind. Well, finally, we get back to the United States, and we have one or two more specialists to see. We have a neurologist. We'd already seen one at Mayo Clinic, but we have one more to see, and we're just saying, you know, like, what do we do? We've, they couldn't find anything there. What's the chances they're going to find anything here? And so finally, some family member said, Eric, have you considered an anointing? And so we're thinking, well, you know, let's exhaust all our opportunities and then do an anointing. Sometimes we, we treat anointing as some kind of last resort, right? And, and after being in Iceland and seeing God work so powerfully to answer prayers just like that, I said to myself, you know what? Let's, let's just do it because we're just about at the end of the line anyway. I mean, we've already seen these types of specialists before. What's the chance that number 57 is going to figure it out, right? And so we decided to have an anointing and I was blessed to have uh, Alex be a part of that, and we prayed. And as we were praying, my wife shared with me that she just felt God's presence, like suddenly he was there. And she's praying, we're praying, and we, we get up from that, and she just senses this great peace that God loves her and that everything will be okay. And I tell you what, from that point on, she hasn't had a single problem. God completely healed her as far as we can tell. Praise God. In fact, she'd been having hot, hot rhythms going up and down a little bit crazy. We looked on her watch, which, which tracks that, and you see it just going crazy, crazy, crazy for months leading up to that, and then stable ever since. Praise the Lord. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. The power of prayer is real, friends. We have seen it in Iceland. I think we just saw a glimpse. We didn't know what we were doing. We just said, Lord, we're here, and whether we fail or not, we trust you. And we leave success up to you, whatever success looks like. Some of these things that we did there, some of the prayers we prayed, will probably not be answered for years. But we committed ourselves as missionaries. We collected all these prayer requests and wrote them down. We, we, we committed ourselves to continue to pray for these people. Because it's not just a one-time thing. You've got to intercede. There is a spiritual war going on. Do not give up on prayer. Do not give up on people. And God can reach entire countries for him. In fact, I told you we knocked on the president's door. We were able to pray for the, the leader of the country. Uh, just the other day, the, Gavin Anthony, the conference president of the Icelandic church, was invited to the president of Iceland in his home uh, yes, last, two days ago. 
and he had a one-on-one -on -one sit down with the president and his wife and he was able to tell them that you know he's praying for them and had a connection there and had an opportunity to share god opens doors when we pray the church in iceland is very small it is struggling there is about 100 and maybe 150 active members but they have seen that god wants to do something with them they have found new courage and hope in fact, there was a constituency meeting going on, uh, speaking about God interrupting your agenda. A uh, constituency meeting going on during our mission. And we decided we will go and pray for that as well, because this is important. And the decisions that were made there, the Lord led. They told us that they felt the Spirit move in a special way. And the wonderful thing was that the, the three executive officers of the conference they chose to become, all three of them are now in charge of prayer ministries for Iceland. Prayer has become the most important thing now in that little country and for us here. And I pray that for you as well, this will impact you. I want to thank our missionaries here, uh, those who, you are, who are here and those who couldn't make it, for being part of this journey. I believe this is just the beginning. I believe God is going to take us into another experience. And so I want to invite you all to be part of this. So thank you so much for being up here with me. As we close tonight, this morning... I want to wrap up and I want to share with you a scripture. If you have your Bibles, open to Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 7. Jeremiah 29, verse 7. Here the Bible says, the Lord says to you and me, to God's people, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. Are we in exile, yes or no? We are waiting to go home, right, to heaven. But right now we are in exile. Seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. And what? Pray. Pray to the Lord on its behalf. Become an intercessor. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. We're waiting for the Lord's return. I believe we're closer than ever before. We're not called to wait in idle and, and, and just to sit around. We're called to intercede, to become that light in our city. We implore to seek the welfare of the people in our sphere of influence. And that welfare is Jesus. But we cannot break through the darkness with our logic arguments. Yes, Adventism has the most beautiful message, the most logical uh, system of truth. And we have to present it. Our message is powerful. It will change lives. But we need to do it in a prayerful mindset, making prayer the first work and continually intercede for the people around us. It is the most powerful tool that God has given us, and I believe we have only vaguely tapped into it. If we want to see the glory of God revealed throughout the world, as Isaiah 60 and Revelation 18 talk about, this will happen when we let the Holy Spirit fill our hearts to its completion. When Jesus is shining through our lives, when we lose all fear of sharing with people that we believe in a God who hears prayers. I want to encourage you to make a decision today. Become an intercessor. Become a prayer missionary warrior. There are almost 2,500, maybe 3,000 of us here today. What will happen when we start to pray like this? 
Eric, what do you believe will happen? I believe that God will change the world in this generation. Amen? God can make a difference. He will make a difference. He's promised us that if we unite with Him, we can make a difference. Not in our own strength. It's none of us. We surrender all. It's all Him. But how can He use us if we're refusing to be used? And so I want to challenge you. On your seats, you have a commitments card. You'll see it. There should be one in every seat, maybe on the floor. Look around. I want to challenge you to fill one of these out. Say, God, in 2020, I want to go all out for you. I want to go beyond GYC. I want to serve in some capacity. Maybe it's something small. Maybe it's something big. Whatever it is, you can fill in the blank if, we don't ha- if you have something that doesn't fit kind of the, the suggestions that we have on the card. But whatever it is, say, God, I want to go all out for you in 2020. And then one thing that I want to mention as well. Last year, we heard back how you as GYC had been involved. We, we asked you to fill out and text in numbers of, of how many people that you've been influential in, in witnessing to, in, in praying for, in baptizing. And praise the Lord, we had thousands of Bible studies completed. We had over 750 baptisms just represented among you. And so today we want to ask you as well, as you, as you fill this out, we also want you to pull out your phone. Because in the GYC app that we're using, we have a form you can fill out. It's in the menu. It's called I Served. It's the I Served menu. And this is where you can share what you did this last year. What did you do in 2019? We have, we have an option for other. We have several options as well that we're trying to calculate. And we just want to see what impact you have had in the past year. So you can go either in the app or to gycweb.org slash I served. So check that out. But we want to challenge you. Go all out for Jesus in 2020. Amen. Friends, I'm tired of imagining what will happen when we trust God. I'm tired of imagining when the latter rain will fall. Why don't we go on our knees and ask God to give it to us starting today, transforming our hearts to become active, living sacrifices for Him. People who are willing to look crazy for the world in order to save some. Jesus did that for us. And we're called to do the same, friends. Prayer is the beginning of that work. You might not feel like going on outreach today. You might not feel like caring about people. I understand. I've been there. And sometimes I still struggle with that. But when you go into prayer, Jesus will change your heart. He will pour His love into you. And you will be encouraged to love the people around you. I want to encourage you this morning, GYC, to make a commitment with Jesus and to become a praying warrior missionary for Him. Not just today on outreach, but for the rest of your lives. Are you willing to go? Amen? Are you willing to go and do something for God, no matter how small or big it is? If you're willing to make that commitment, would you stand with us today? Would you stand and say, God, I want to fill this out. I want to do something for you. I want to make 2020 one step further outside of my comfort zone, one step more involved with you, one step further Mm. than before. I want to change the world. I want to go beyond GYC. I want to make a difference where I am. Amen. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads. Father, we are nothing. We're dust and you love us. Unbelievable. And yet, we recognize that you have a calling upon our lives. 
Thank you that you want to fill us with the Spirit. Thank you that you want to make us like Jesus. Thank you that we can be part of this mission. Lord, thank you that there are angels waiting to work with us. You've promised us that when we seek the welfare of the cities in our lives, the places we live, the places we interact with, the people we know, that you will do a mighty thing if we let you. Iceland was just a glimpse, Father. I know you have much more in store for us. So as you see these commitments this morning, as these young people are about to go out, I pray that you will give them incredible experiences, that you will transform their hearts. And as we leave GYC, that you will make this 2020 the year where the latter rain is poured out on all of our lives. Use us, Father. We are yours. We pray in the name of Jesus. Let everyone say, Amen. Amen. This message was recorded at the GYC conference by many or by few in Louisville, Kentucky. GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to challenge and inspire young people to take a sacrificial initiative for Christ. To download other resources like this, visit us online at gycweb.org.